Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. In this week's episode, we will power rank all the Grizzlies players for the month of February and talk some shop about how we feel post-All-Star game. But before we get started, make sure you go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network. You can also find us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. On Twitter, you can find us at Backdoor Cut Show. And you can also check out our website, the-barnburner.com, for all your Grizzlies, Tigers, and more coverage. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon, which is a small batch bourbon artfully crafted in the city of Memphis to reflect the blues that are so deeply entrenched in Memphis's history. Blue Note. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. I'm your guy, Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. And I got my three compadres with me today, Slim, Big Rich, and The Chief. Rich, you uh, were out of town this week. How, how, how was your trip? Yeah, man, I was in Philly. It was cool. Shit, it was cold, snowing. Got me some cheese steaks. You know what I'm saying? So rocky and whatnot. So it was cool. Happy to be back in the M, though. You saw the movie or like the? I mean, shit. They got like some statue or some shit. Like he was a real oh, boxer. Okay, okay. So yeah, like, <laughs> like he was a real boxer. <laughs> That's an important, uh, important historical event. I can't believe you don't remember that. Rocky right. single-handedly stopped the Cold War in Rocky Four, man. <laughs> it was USA versus USSR, and, and uh, thank God for Sly Stallone. Man, thank you. Thank yeah. God for Sly. Yeah. Chief, how was your weekend? It was good, man. It's down in Mississippi, down in Oxford. Um, it's a good town, good town down there. Good, good food, good people, good Southern hospitality. Uh, but glad to be back in Memphis. Just signed a 13 year, $330 million contract with the barn burner. So I'm looking forward to the next over decade and uh, <laughs> of, of providing to the, to the best site in Memphis. Slim, how's the West coast treating you? Go to hell, old miss. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was good, man. I got to watch my Tigers play a, a hard-fought game against Cincy. Had a couple Grizz games to watch. We got to see something out of the norm this year. The Grizz beat the Mavs by 30. 
So that was exciting to see, although we followed it up uh, just a minute ago with the crushing loss to the Thunder after we led the entire game and uh, just felt the wrath of Russell Westbrook. But good weekend overall, man. Yeah, so we missed the show last week. Not too much went on, uh, but overall, we got the All-Star game a couple weeks behind us at this point. The roster we have is the roster we have, and which also includes no Jaron, at least for the time po- or time being. But I uh, kind of want to get you guys' temperature on your feelings post-All-Star game. Do you feel any different than you did before? Chandler's back, you know, kind of uh, around those topics. Rich, what are your overall, like what's the theme been since the All-Star game for the Grizzlies in your mind? Uh, the theme for the Grizzlies since the All-Star game, um, I think after All-Star weekend, uh, we kind of got that really, you know, down over an announcement about Jaron. Um, you know, the injury came after, you know, kind of seeing him experience his first All-Star weekend. So initially, you know, once that news came out, I was like, you know, shit, fuck, man. Like, that's that's a bummer. Um, at this point in the year, you know, you wonder if they're just going to keep him on ice um, and, you know, just just rest him, rehab him. Um, other than that, man, I will say I have been a fan, um, of the new roster. Um, granted, you know, it hasn't led to significantly more wins, but I do, uh, enjoy watching them play, watching them compete. I think, uh, Avery Bradley, um, has really kind of shown some glimpses of who he was in the past. Definitely not the same player he used to be, but shown some glimpses. Uh, and man, JV is a beast. Um, so I'm really going to be interested this summer to see what happens with his player option, um and yeah like y'all said earlier you know that 30 piece last night was beautiful to see you know it's been a long time since we've had kind of something go down like that Uh, and then tonight of course we followed up with another frustrating blown lead in OKC minus Paul George but uh, at this point in the year man it is what it is Uh, let's just see what happens as we ride it out our record on back-to-backs has to be terrible because I think both games against Chicago were on back-to-backs lost those I should have won and I I just feel like that is not our strength, especially when we got to sit Mike at this point on back-to-backs, and well, that's about it. That's that's about like a third of our offense right there. So we definitely ain't getting to 100 or beating anyone without Mike, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slim, what about you? How you been feeling since All-Star break? Uh, well, there are a couple things holding me back from being as elated as I could be, but I'll start with the positives. It's great to see us playing at a more modern pace and not just walking the ball up the floor. We just we have a really modern day NBA roster with a bunch of versatility, a bunch of guys who can do different things and a lot of guys who can score the basketball. Um, so that's been exciting seeing the emergence of Bruno. Um, he's been in the starting lineup basically this whole past week. So seeing him, and he, he's been a positive almost every every time on the court. A stat I found funny was he's 90, in the 93rd percentile in corner threes attempted, but unfortunately he's in just the second percentile <laughs> on corner threes made. What? Uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, that sounds right. for A 91% swing there for our boy. However, on non-corner threes, he's in the 92nd percentile on – accuracy so on nine corner threes he's butter so maybe you, you got to think the corner threes are going to start falling for him too and he's also in the 96th percentile of blocks so he's bringing a new element to the game for a wing player that we haven't mm, seen yeah. in quite some time and just the intrigue of him has me really excited but what has me hurting is just seeing if jaron was going to take that next step 
how he would fit next to JV, who was just like a bull in a China shop. He's really helping our half court offense because he just goes and gets a bucket, like and moves guys out of his way. Um, so him and Bruno have really helped the half court offense. And then we just seem competent in transition because we have guys who can handle the ball and uh, like cross over and keep going. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> what about you, Chief? That, that dribbling deal. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the guys can handle the ball. Yeah. Uh, it's, it has been, it's been more fun to watch Grizzly basketball. I don't really have much to add in addition to that. Those are some good stats. I will say that what I've been dealing with is every morning I wake up, I, uh, I sleep with a box fan now for white noise. So the first thing I do is I meander over there and turn that off. But then the, the next thing I do is usually think, do I want the Grizz to win or lose? I don't know. And I feel like every day that changes, man. Like uh, sometimes I want to tank and maybe in- increase our likelihood of getting that um, a number one pick and potentially getting Zion. Other times I'm like, we need to get to nine. I think we can. But what, what the what consistent thing is, is every damn day I wake up, I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. And it's wildly frustrating <laughs> to live your life, fellas. Like yeah. when you don't you, when you don't know where you stand with your own team, then who the hell are you? Who can? How do you look a man in the eye at work? Uh, and how do you do your job, man? How do you how do you walk down to the corner store and buy some bananas with all this sort of fucking up in the airness? So that's that's my plight for you guys. Yeah, up in the air. Yes. So, yeah. so do, do, do you guys think of where we finish to close out the season, and if we convey the pick or not, has any bearing on our likelihood of trading Mike Conley this summer? So if if we keep our pick and we pick. Do you think that makes us more or less likely to trade Mike than if we convey the pick and don't have a first round draft pick? Or is it the same no matter what we're going to trade him? I I would lean towards it's the same. Like, I think that's your main objective this summer is probably to get the most that you can for Mike kind of either way. I don't think that the trajectory of our rebuilding plan should change as much like depending on that pick. Like I think we still have several years to go before we'll be back into things. So that's where we need to be focused on and trading Mike's going to get us more assets back to do something towards that goal. Yeah. So I, in, in that mindset, it makes me want to have a draft pick pick this year. So we have that additional young asset to match with whatever we get back for Mike. I mean, if we could trade him to the Lakers for like Lonzo and Hart or something like that, maybe, you know, maybe they need a veteran point guard for LeBron and whoever else they sign. And then you add that with Jaron and Bruno and Kyle and whoever we draft in the top six, probably Darius Garland is who I'm, I'm hearing right now. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for going ahead and getting trading Mike and also adding a draft pick this summer. Yeah, I do think the Lakers. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of Lakers talk. I bet they go get Kimba. I think. I think they get Kimba before they got Mike. Um, maybe, but they're gonna have to pay Kim because he's on. Yeah. He's a free agent. So yeah, you know, maybe. But if they pay him for more years. A one-year Mike thing, you know. That's and true. Swing again. Yeah, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, I'm definitely in the realm of. I think. Mike's going to be like on the market, regardless of, you know, what happens, whether we convey, it, we make the pick, but I think slim, like your point, like that Lakers deal, like, I think that's a, that's a solid return. Um, and then being able to stockpile that with Jaron and Kyle returning uh, to the team, as well as having a, you know, lottery pick in there, that'd be an interesting, you know, bunch of, you know, young players running up and down the court. So. Running up and down the court. 
Yeah. So, when, <laughs> so you got some that. you got some numbers in here uh, about five thirty eight projections. Uh, what personally? What's your gut say? Do you think we can get there? Because we're not too many games back, and we it's just Washington and Dallas ahead of us at this point. Um, and then forget who's in the the actual ninth slot. But we got two more games against Dallas. So you can easily pick or not easily, but like there's an opportunity to pick up two games directly there. Uh, I, I think it's possible for us to get to that ninth, but what do the numbers say as far as like official smarter than us people with analytical projections? Uh, well, most people think we're going to finish sixth, And if you look at our rest of the season schedule, we have the 11th hardest schedule remaining. Um, New Orleans has the 15th. Dallas has the 16th. Uh, Hornets and Heat have the ninth and 10th right in front of us. So it's not really a huge disparity in schedule. Minnesota has the fourth toughest schedule. That's a team that we could watch to fall uh, as the season ends. Um, but, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we're conveying the pick. So let's uh, start focusing on these draft prospects. And ultimately, I think it's what I want deep down in my heart is to go ahead and, and get a draft pick. And we'll, we'll worry about, you know, conveying the pick next year or, or whenever it may be. So I, you know, the the odds too are different this this next year, and the difference between the sixth slot and the ninth slot, um, in terms of the first first overall pick, is five percent. So it's a nine percent chance of getting the first overall pick if you're in the sixth slot where we currently are. And and the number one team, Phoenix, only has a fourteen percent chance. Yeah, that's the top at, four, at, right? Yeah, yeah. The top four, uh, top three have each fourteen percent. Okay. And four has twelve. Five has ten percent. But it's not like you're significantly where we are, significantly less odds at getting the first pick. What what does suck is the likelihood of getting the seven or eight. Like 50% of the odds is that we fall there, which would be worst case scenario. That would hurt. Um, although, you know, if they're looking at Darius Garland. It's it's possible he's there uh, at that at that pick. And I'm fine if we're there with that pick. Obviously, that's like, that's probably the best pick. But I mean, dude. You know, Zion's like a, he's an, another one of those guys. It's probably like a, a game changing transcend, uh, you know, transcendent talent. So th- just the notion of possibly getting him is, is exciting. And, um, I don't know. So it we sounds never, like today yeah. you woke up wanting to tank. That's what I'm hearing. And in, in to, today, right today I woke up wanting to tank, woke up in, uh, in Mississippi, um, was extremely hungover until two o'clock. Now I feel good, but yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, all that wine and whiskey and good cheer last night that I borrowed happiness from today led me to to have a tank day. Yeah. Now, with Rich, you or Zach, do do either of y'all feel strongly about uh, wanting to convey the pick this year? Uh, for me, you know, when, when when I first, you know, was thinking about it, you know, I really wanted to just convey in the sense of I just wanted to get it out the way, right? Um, but as I sit and, like, as the year – drags on and like the lottery is still you know kind of a ways away like I can't help but you know be tuned into college basketball and seeing of course some of the you know amazing players that are in the game right now now for me of course worst case scenario is if we do get a lottery pick if we're low lottery um we're thinking of like Zion of course I mean everybody would take Zion in a heartbeat um I don't really know my thoughts between RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish uh I feel like Cam Reddish hasn't been able to fully show his arsenal, you know, being kind of the third wheel there at Duke. But R.J. Barrett is definitely, you know, an offensive caliber player who the Grizzlies have never had. And then you talk about Darius Garland, who's like, you know, floor general. Um, 
really uh, that that leader who you know wasn't able to really hoop at Vanderbilt this year. But I mean, he, his his status is already solidified. So the more and more this season drags on and we wait, and I'm able to just watch college basketball, the more and more I'm like, damn, let's get one of these lottery picks and get one of these guys in the Grizz uniform. Yeah, let's just get him here, man. Like. Uh, I just the the notion of conveying the pick this year is really more of like a almost like a debt sort of deal. Like, hey, let me get my debt paid off within this yeah. first year. Right. As opposed, it, it feels like the right thing to do, but really, it, it relies on a couple presumptions. Um, one, the most important of which is that that the next two drafts are good, which we don't necessarily know either. I know that the presumption is this one's bad, but we know that there's not there's not a Zion in the next two drafts. Um, that that. Yeah, that the probably the the Zion is he's a, the most talented player of the next three drafts. <laughs> so the, even the prospect, the notion, the possibility of landing him is uh, is almost you know enough to put your skin in the game for this year. Well, and, and not not only that, but R.J. Hampton and Jalen Green are potentially reclassifying and could be in next year's draft instead of the 2021, which is the one everybody's been harping all over, you know? So things, things are pretty fluid in this world right now. Yeah. So I don't know if we can assume that the next two drafts are so better that like we have to get rid of the pick this year. So we have, you know, skin then, but yeah. So uh, Darius Garland too, I did a little research on him after hearing your rumors on that. I mean, he's like a, a shooter too. He's like an off the dribble guy that can pull up. Apparently was a really good shooter like a really modern NBA point guard can get kind of a Kemba type can just score at will. So, I mean, well, and it makes sense to go after your point guard. If you trade Mike, right. Unless yeah. you, unless you bring back Lonzo. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Me, I'm like kind of prepared to not, I'm, I'm, I am prepared to convey the pick in 21. So I think if you stink this year and you get as good a pick as you can, same thing next year, then that should give you, that gives you three, Back to back to back lottery pick, know, high, high yeah. lottery pick, which in theory should be a really good base for a team. And also it's like, if I'm just, if I'm being selfish, I want to have something to like root for on draft night. Like this year, I like, I don't, it'd be really boring to watch if you don't have a pick, I think. So well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, if we can trade Mike for that future pick into kind of cover our base that year, for when we convey to Boston, I mean, I think that would be pretty ideal. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you can do that. If that's a double dip draft and people are going to hold their picks much tighter or whatever the case may be. But I think that is probably the scenario that we're looking at most likely happening. Cause I don't see us making like a, a drastic turnaround and getting out of this, you know, conveyance and getting out of the tops or bottom six next year either. Really? Yeah, I mean, unless Jaron takes some type of crazy jump, uh, DeLon Wright blossoms into a full-time starting point guard, triple-double machine. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, you know, oh, just those things. Then. Back at like a three-year, a little lower-level deal. Uh, we got Lonzo running the show. <laughs> oh, Josh Hart out Ball there. Of brand. Yeah, yeah. Dude, bring, we got, bringing LeVar to Memphis. Would oh, be that, yeah. He would freaking. Mayor of Memphis. <laughs> oh, my. And he would be on Jason and John every day. And yeah, he would. That's for sure. <laughs> Jello out there getting 30 points a game for the hustle. <laughs> I, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the It wouldn't be the worst thing right? in the world. No, <laughs> not at all. Bring some publicity. Yeah, and it's good. Some, 
a decent player, maybe. So we need a, to compile all the guys with knee injuries, and we'll just take all of them and you know, <laughs> yeah. hope some of them pan out. Yeah, other than the injuries, I guess. True, true that, true that. All right, so this month we did something. We got the staff together and did some power rankings of all the Grizzly players for the month of February. So what we've done is compiled them. You can find a whole list and article and our reasoning behind it on the-barnburner.com. Just go to the NBA tab, and it's listed there. Um, But we got some – some of the things were pretty interesting between everyone on staff – had some some differences. There was definitely nothing that was unanimous. But the way it uh, shook out is the the guy that got the highest power ranking for us for February was Mike Conley. So, you know, that isn't too surprising. He's the best player on the roster at this point. Uh, and he played in nine of the Grizzlies' 11 games in February, led the team in scoring as he tends to do. Uh, He literally scored his season average in February. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, He did have more interesting. You thought it'd be more or less. uh, Well, it's maybe funny like that. He literally did exactly what he had been doing the whole season, I guess from that. uh, And that kind of the point of averages though. (laughs) Right. But, but I'm saying like Mark's gone, like Mark's gone, but he's still putting out the same exact output. You would so hope you think that he'd do he more or be, less. Oh, okay. You, so you think he? Yeah, change. I was. I was hoping that he would pick up some of the the slack there, or okay. like take a little bit more on himself to score more. But uh, it hadn't been able to. So nothing has changed from that standpoint. Okay. That was that was a long winded way to say. It. That's why that's interesting to me. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> interested. You know, I, I, I want to know why. I'm interested in your. I'm interested You're, in why you find things interesting. Ah, and Sam that's what cares. we do. We bring hot analysis here. <laughs> Man, I saw someone tweet the other day that we may we may see Mike Conley play his last game as a Grizz and not know it because they're gonna they could shut him down at any moment and that that made me really sad. Oof, that's too yeah. real. I haven't yeah, gotten right. ready for that yet because like after we catch him after the trade deadline, I was like, all right, I get you know thirty more games of Mike. At right. least I didn't think about the shutdown thing. That's true. They got a. Nice 30 piece against the Lakers, which is like a, a civic holiday in Memphis. Anytime the Grizzlies beat the Lakers. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the better showings um, for sure. And then second in our power rankings was a guy who's just awesome in February. I can't so, believe it took us this long to mention his name. Uh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, professor. <laughs> Yo, Kim Noah guys. <laughs> oh, my boy. Yeah. He, he's one of the reasons that I will tune in and go to the games. Honestly, uncle Joe, uncle Joe like he's just exciting. He's fun. He wants to be there. He's playing for his next, like his next deal. He's a guy that just makes me smile when not too much else does on a consistent basis. Yeah. Sign him to a lifetime deal, man. Whatever we got to do to keep him around. I'm down to do it. What did the Knicks give him like four years, 72 million? Something like that. I want to give him five years, 100 million. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. I love Robert Perra right now. There's like smash cut to us in six months bitching about that deal. And And Rich is like slinking into the bush. I don't know what y'all talking about. It's like we recorded a podcast about uh, Jared. We roasted Jaron Jackson Jr. as a basketball player for like 30 minutes. (laughs) 
and YouTube, YouTube ate that podcast. So luckily, none of us look like complete dick bats. Thank God. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, we just have our back. Google, YouTube. <laughs> But he, listening. Yeah, he had four <laughs> double-doubles in February, um, and he's scored in double figures in six games. And he's like a really incredible free-throw shooter, apparently, even though it's funky. And so he, he did, had an awesome game against L.A. with some monster dunks. Just a energy guy for sure. And I, I just wish we could see Jaron Jackson on the court with him, like just feeding oh, off that energy because Jaron kind of brings a lot of energy to the game himself. So I just hate that we're missing it, missing that, missing on that and probably not going to get to see it for the rest of the season. Just like this is when he could really be making that leap and we just have to wait. Yeah, because it seemed like Noah was more of a like positive influence than Gasol, I think. Like okay, as far like as say it, as far say it as again. like <laughs> do what? Say it again. Because <laughs> I think that. Oh, I mean, dude, we, put your pants back on. Dude, you know, like, how, how absurd would that have sounded at the beginning of the season oh say. yeah 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 that's crazy well noah was like i don't know where he was just working out somewhere just being super in shape at 34 years ripped, old man. yeah he's, he's, he's got those, he's got those like, fucking bicep veins yo and i'm like, like where do i get some of them man yeah <laughs> he's tan as hell he looks like right. a, yeah he what's looks his like, what's like his handsome? nationality He's he's mixed, right? Yeah, he's like French too, I think, isn't he? His or dad no? is, was a tennis player. That's all I know. Yeah. That's my Joakim Noah trivia Yannick, for you. Yannick Noah. Yeah, that's all I know. I know mm-hmm. that he always looks like he just drank three daiquiris <laughs> uh, and like, walked straight off the beach onto a plane onto the court. Uh, did y'all see that one promotional photo? Yeah, <laughs> who the fuck approved that shit? <laughs> Dude, who the fuck approved that, that is shit? Unreal. Awesome. Brian City Media. I have questions. Like. <laughs> That shit was terrible. He literally looks like Mar from Home Alone when he gets <laughs> electrocuted and he's like his hair sticking up and he's yeah, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, but Twitter loved it. So that's all that really matters. So I think it yeah. may have served its purpose because it got shared a lot more than what a normal picture would have. Mayhaps, Zachary. Mayhaps. <laughs> Just trying to get into the mind of the marketing department. Yeah, it they, they wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so third guy on our list for February was Jonas Valanciunas. Yes, sir. Uh, so, hey. yeah, like, is there anything negative about him since he's been on the team? Uh, his defense isn't great. I mean, he's not a very good rim protector, but other than that, no. <laughs> We're kind of letting defense slide these days yeah, anyway. So as long as you can score, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah he's averaging 18 and 9 and he's got like a double double almost every time he walks out on the court so he he's i've been really he's been really fun to watch and he also has brings a lot of energy to the game thank you mr valentinus we appreciate you number four avery bradley so i, I know i ranked him pretty high mostly because of that san antonio game he was just like unconscious there for a little bit. And that's not something that you see too much. I feel like uh, from the Grizzlies, even though some of his advanced numbers do not favor him very well. That, I was kind of surprised to see, see that because w- by the eye test, it looks like he is contributing a lot more than apparently he is. Who's the best scorer that's ever been in a Grizzlies uniform? Like Pierce in the scorer. modern era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 2010 on. Uh, Zebo or Rudy? Yeah, I was gonna say Zebo or Rudy. 
Yeah, I think either Zebo or Rudy probably. Yeah, sure. yeah Zebo did his in a, in a uh, uncharacteristic way too. Right. Uh, his you know his, his fadeaway, his jumpers, his elbow jumpers were good and always pretty. That uh, that fadeaway teardrop jumper, but like Rudy, I guess was the more like slasher wing. I'm gonna dunk on you. Yeah, yeah. OJ OJ never really got the chance. The full like because he he always was playing with Rudy or whatever. His rookie year, didn't he average like 18 or 19 or something? Yeah. Yeah. So but he yeah, he was hooping for sure, but fell out the league quick. Yeah, man. Now he's like taking Instagrams in Africa or something. That was yeah. the last time that's the last time uh, I had eyes on Mayo. I don't really know what he's doing. Speaking now. of random yeah. Instagrams, uh, our buddy Peter Edmiston from the Athletic reposted one from one Robert J. Para, who is in Kazakhstan. And he had a, a falcon on his arm and something, <laughs> something around his neck, and he was dressed out in the the native attire. Um, so you know okay. he, he's enjoying his time. All yeah, right. good. Yeah, that's good. Good. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure he's on business. You know, that's what that's kind of what his business does is goes to places like that and makes Wi-Fi that booms from mountaintop to mountaintop. So he's trying um, to build some cell towers out there. Yeah. Shout out to JV. And Noah. And who is number four? Avery. Avery. Uh, like none of these guys were on the team. <laughs> it's <laughs> like that long ago. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're making Grizzlies basketball fun again, which competing with the Tigers right now, I feel like it's getting more and more difficult for the Grizzlies for um, sure. as, a, as the season drags on. And that's another reason that not having Jaron to close out this season hurts because – with the new guys and Jaron, I feel like you could actually generate some buzz for next season. Yeah, it, it's tough right now to really not know, you know, who's going to take their player options and what the roster is going to actually look like next year. Uh, so we'll that the summer will be like you won't know until then, I guess. So we're just kind of in this like I feel like we're just in the middle ground, this purgatory on so many things. It's really frustrating. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty fair to assume that. Avery will, or his is a team option or whatever, but CJ will opt in, and I assume Valanciunas will as well. So number five on the list, um, rounding out the starting five, if you will, of the power rankings, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think most months we would expect him to be one of the top players, um, but February we found out about his his uh, bruise on his leg, and he's kind of been benched and that's where we stand at this point but in the six games he did play he averaged 16.8 points five rebounds on 46 percent shooting I, I was really hoping that at least you know one of these final months he would bust out of it and get a rookie of the month award but that's clearly not going to happen at this point so we're probably just see luca get it like however many more two more times or do they give one out for April because it's not like the whole month. Uh, I think it's like March and April. Oh, it's Trey, like a combined Trey, one. Trey might get one too, man. Trey's been playing really well. Yep. In four overtime games, he can get some buckets. He can rack rack them up. <laughs> rack them. That's my uh, old school YouTube meme trivia. That's all I know. Nice. <laughs> All right, coming to Savannah over here. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, dude. <laughs> First man off the bench, Ivan Rab. So we talked about him a bunch uh, last time. Uh, Shit. Really, we talk about him now. 
Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get out there, and when he when he's out there, he is not taking advantage of the. He's not being near as efficient as he was, you know, like three weeks ago. Yeah, Feb- February seems so far away for Ivan Rab. Yeah, my most vivid. He played well against New Orleans. That was a pretty solid game, but he was just getting bullied against uh, the Spurs by Lamarcus Aldridge. Granted, he just like the way he plays. He just bullies everyone illegally. I think a lot of times <laughs> he he gets a lot of freaking calls or no calls, whatever. But I feel like since he dominated Rab, Rab just like not been the same or not got an opportunity uh, to play. And granted, a lot of that has to do with Chandler coming back and messing up everything. Number seven on our list, Bruno Caboclo. Yes, sir. So I, I don't know if I speak for everyone, but this is a guy who's quickly rising up my power rankings. And Mason, like you mentioned, he's not like for face value. His stats aren't super awesome or anything, but you you feel when you're watching the game that he's impacting it. Cause I'll look up and I'll see he's only got two points and you're like, feels like he's been doing a lot more than that. Yeah. He was a minus nine tonight. And that was the first, first game all week. He hasn't been a positive. Um, and he just impacts the game in so many ways with his wingspan and ability to shoot the ball. Uh, one thing he can work on is when he puts it on the floor, his passing off the dribble is, is pretty shoddy. Uh, usually results in a turnover. But other than that, man, I'm excited to see what he can bring to to the team in the future. Yeah, Rich, where do you see, like, Caboclo playing on this roster? Like, what kind of player, what position? I think definitely um, I see just Bruno being able to use his length, really, to his ability to affect whether that be the three or the four. Like, you know, I think his shooting ability gives him the the option of playing out there in the wing. You know, if he, like, becomes, like, a consistent knockdown shooter, like, it could really be a problem. Like, he has a decent stroke. Um, you can tell he just doesn't have, like, a high usage rate. Um, but with the Grizzlies, especially this tail end of the season, he's going to get a lot more of opportunity to just, you know, pull the trigger on those shots. And then I think defensively, like, you know, seeing him on the wing, like, using those long-ass fucking arms to just, you know, prevent drives or, you know, meeting people at the rim like he did Kuz uh, with the Lakers last week. Um, he's just able to really react kind of quickly and use that wingspan to his advantage. So I'm definitely interested to see, you know, what JB, you know, is going to do with him position-wise. I think he's – is he starting at the three now? He's he's the three, right? Uh, I think he's starting at the four. Starting at the four? Okay. Yeah. I think uh, – I think – I mean, I think he could – is fluid between the three and the four, depending on, you know, the matchups. Right. Um, but I think we could utilize him in that way. You know, if it's a matchup night for Bruno, man, he could just go out there at the three or the four. Yeah. And the uh, offense is a positive 10.4 points per possession better with Bruno on the floor, which leads the team. Uh, and he's trailed closely by CJ and then Jonas. So those guys are making a big impact, obviously small sam- sample size for them. But just nice to know that we have people who can score the ball, except for, you know, the last two minutes against OKC. <laughs> yeah, we do not have that that part of the game covered. That's still nah. a, big, a big gap for us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big <laughs> sigh. That was a bad loss. <laughs> you know, time and time again, man, it's like fucking Groundhog Day. Like Bill Murray waking up, taking another L, and, you know, Watch a bunch. I don't know. I can't even articulate right now my frustrations. So just let that sigh speak for itself. 
No, I think it did. It spoke a thousand words. It was yeah. very. It was like a, as much of a picture as you could have for radio. I mean, here we are. We're we're, we're talking these power rankings. These, these guys that likely aren't on the team for like much longer. You know, likely we trade them. They're expirings, or maybe we reassign them. But you know, like who's really good on this team? The team's not that good, man. Like that we're we're taking we're reveling in Avery Brad Bradley like seventeen foot jumpers. Um, and cause that's all what we have to do. And, and we're reveling in the, the possibility of a Brunco, which by the way, you spelled him Brunco, uh, in the article. I'm not refresh your browser. Um, dude. um, so our boy Brunco, he, you know, we're hoping maybe he turns into a, a guy that does a lot and shoots and, you know, he looks like he could, but right now he's a fringe rotation guy. I just, this team's really bad, man. And this exercise made me even more aware of like how hard it is to get excited about this roster. Yeah, there's so sorry, <laughs> as we get toward that, the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we don't have much to look forward to. Rounding out the rest of the the group, we got Delon Wright, CJ Miles, Holiday, Parsons, Dorsey, and then Carter. So really you can kind of just lump all those guys together. I feel like nothing nothing really exciting. Uh CJ Miles is so I know Sam, you and I have talked at some games that like he's a gunner. We're not used to seeing someone just come off the screen and just shoot without like without, without thinking about thought. it for seven to eight hours yeah do going doing a yeah but yeah. maybe he should think because he's shooting like 27 percent from three so that's a since that's being a, with the 27 percent i've seen i feel like it's always going in when he shoots it but that's no. about yeah. See, i feel like it isn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I feel like he's shooting much better than that um i don't I know think- I think Justin Holiday is just really frustrating me, man. I just don't. Oh, bro, yeah. I just don't know. Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, he plays so much. <laughs> he plays yeah. so. He, he might be a, po- a positive. I don't know. Like, but it feels like he plays so many minutes. There's a lot to be desired. There's a lot to be desired. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's what you would want to trade two players and two picks for. A lot of upside with Delon, though. You know, we talked about it mm-hmm. ad nauseum. Certainly, young, still 26. Um, man, he, he, he really is just like one, one more leap away from being a really good asset. And, uh, I don't know if we've ever shown any sort of inept, um, or, or, or ability to develop guards really. That's like maybe Dylan Brooks got better, uh, maybe, but I, I'd, I'd be worried about our ability to develop Delon into a good guy, but, but he, he has the, the tools. So I like watching him. Yeah, in the first half tonight, he had 15, 5, and 5, and then seemed to kind of fall off in the second half. But it's like the ability is there. And to his credit, I guess, since he came over, his offensive numbers have been way down for what they normally have been over the past couple years of his career. So maybe it's just making the adjustment, um, or maybe it's just playing more. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised, like we talked about earlier, to see Mike kind of sit, sitting out at least some games to close out the season and seeing more DeLon so they can kind of figure out what they have. Yeah, I mean, he sat out tonight, right, for what, general soreness? I yeah. think that was the that – I the got release. that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, me too. Yeah, man. <laughs> I wish I could tell work to hey, – <laughs> hey, hey, bros, not coming in today. Uh, my knee kind of fucking hurts. Ah, it hurts. Yeah. Do y'all think Tyler Dorsey is someone that sticks around? I can't decide. Like he made a couple shots tonight, but mm-hmm. I, I'm leaning towards probably not. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I can't imagine him us paying him any, any retaining him on any sort of deal. I think he was just kind of 
sweetener to get rid of Mac. The fact that we got a body, right? Yeah. The fact that we got a human being back in that trade. Breathing. Breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing. yeah. yeah. Can play basketball, uh, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, that was cool. But with that said, we're gonna we're operating so close to the tax line. Um, maybe we do bring him back next year on another on whatever his deal is, if it's minimum or something like that. It's gonna depend on what we get back when we trade Mike. How closely we're operating to the tax line next season, because as of right now, we don't have a lot of wiggle room or like a a lot of money to throw at young players or or anything really. So, uh, gonna have to get creative. And hopefully that is under the direction of a new general manager and front office staff. Throwing down the hammer. Well, I mean, just going into the summer when you're going to be making moves, I feel like you want someone who is respected around the league, has connections. You kind of want your name to be a buzz. So when people are willing and dealing, they're like, oh, let me call, uh, you know, so-and-so who Memphis just hired. I bet I know he's trying to get rid of Mike Conley and trying to rework this roster into what they want to see in the future. So I think it just makes a lot of sense, like from a PR standpoint, not just for the local fans, but just to create some buzz around the league, like, Seems like we always are talking with the same couple of teams. It's like mm, yeah. Boston and the Clippers mm-hmm. and like the same teams. And it just feels like, I mean, it doesn't feel like we know the time has come for some change. And like we got to do it heading into this offseason, which could be transformative for, you know, our, the franchise. Like there's no other way around it. Th- these next couple summers are huge, as was this trade deadline. And we left the same people in charge and there's a lot to be desired. Yeah, we've seen that uh, for several years at this point. So I, I, I will not go to bat for them. How about that? Right, right. But the team is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely there's certain there's something that you can tune tune into the game and enjoy. So there's a lot to be said for that. It's definitely entertaining in the least. Yeah, man, Shanley's back. Oh yeah, yeah that, that's what that. I look. I can go to like the Y down the street and watch that kind of basketball. You come on. He misses every open shot he takes, bro. Like versus the Lakers, he was just bricking. Like I think he was like two for ten. You know the reason I know Chandler's done because he now has a girlfriend. That's like when you know, like he he decided, oh, it's time for me to stop chasing. I'm out here. I got this girl, yeah. Like she looks the exact same as the last ten girls he's dated. Um, <laughs> but she, I'm sure she's perfect in every way. But what I, what I will say is that that's when you know the man doesn't even want to be on the chase anymore. Yeah. He just wants to settle down, turn on Netflix, and collect that money from our front office from 191 Beal. You fucking thief! You fucking <laughs> you, you con artist! You scam artist! You liar! You cheat! Now now in Knoxville. No no he know he knew that his knees were fucked up. Yeah, but you don't, you're not gonna say, hey, I don't think you should actually pay me this much. No way. I mean, I've been talking about what the logical move is and make him less of a fucking little snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Just telling, I'm just saying, I'm over here speaking truth. He's been unlucky at some times and he's been lucky at some times. I mean, I, I don't enjoy how everyone pushes the narrative that he's like some great guy. Like, we don't know that. Like, <laughs> like, y'all don't, like, by all accounts from like people who see him and interact with him outside of like scheduled appearances like he's he's, he's a douche <laughs> like by, yeah, yeah. by most accounts so like for these uh you know the, the media members to go on and say he's a great guy though like not 
he hasn't really seemed like a great guy. You know, maybe he is, but I no, but he, he bought like 300 terrace seats for people. Like for the first game this season. <laughs> yeah, you mean the, the they couldn't sell enough? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now with the, like the Grizzlies give away five hundred every game, don't they? Yeah, I mean they're bought by the players. Those are actually bought by the players, but they also give away a lot of tickets. I w- I would assume, yeah, seeing how attendance has been going. Yeah, they're running like sixty percent <laughs> off sales for the rest of the year now. And he hired his publicist to write that Players Tribune article about Memphis. That was nice of him. Can't forget that. Yeah, yeah. Or someone wrote that. Uh, wasn't John Steinbeck? I'll tell you that. But it was, you know, someone. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine these are the last twenty-something games we'll ever see of him in a Grizzlies uniform. And I would. What do you think we do? We trade him? Buy him out? Whatever. Like he's not. I don't want to buy him out though. I, I feel mean, like you, you got to pay him no matter what. So. Yeah, I know. But then, like, then he can go sign with somebody. I, I kind of want to keep him on in. <laughs> Make him suffer. I kind of want to keep him in Bencham for the whole season. I mean, I'm playing fucking chess, not checkers, bro. I'm not I mean, like what, a, a what, does help? what does that help? Then you got a roster spot, like just hog by him. Dude, don't you know that vengeance is like a really positive emotion? And you should always try to do it. Like, never mind anything else. No, look, I, it, 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 it definitely keeps a roster spot, but like, it, it's not like, what are we going to, who are we going to sign? I guess if it comes down to like, we're trying to make plays for players and we need open roster spots. So like, okay, we buy them out, but um, I don't know. I, I just hate to buy it. That feels like officially being big leagued and by him, like that's like the last straw of the big leaguing is us buying him out and then him resigning with another team. Not that who would sign him. I get that, but um, I don't know. I would feel like we lose entirely if that happens. Sometimes the best thing a man can do is own his mistakes. Cut yeah. ties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we keep him around, somebody (laughs) might fucking play him. I don't imagine it's going to be JB, who's the head coach next year, but whoever it is might be hoodwinked into playing Chandler Parsons more than zero minutes per game, and that would be a travesty for the franchise moving forward. Well, let me put you, let me put this on you. All right. So, Jaron Jaron likes Chandler. Like that, we know that uh, based on, we don't know that, know that, but it seems like it. Like him and Noah and and Jaron seem to be boys. that, that's something like, I, I don't know. It's not nothing. Is it enough to not buy him out? Probably not. But you know, you, when you have your, your, your little, your star, your 19 year old impressionable star, like, do you keep boys around that he likes you, you know, that, that actually go out? And stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a tough league kid, man. You better get used to it. You talking to Sam or Jaron? Yeah, yeah. Chandler, man. Yeah, Chandler. I'm talking to Jaron. Yeah. Man, we're gonna cut, we're gonna cut ties with Chandler, man. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully he's as good a dude as, as you know, we think, and y'all maintain this friendship and he keeps you positive. But he's not, not gonna be a member of the Grizzlies. That's a pretty fair that way. Joe to put it. Yeah, we're gonna keep his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> You like pina coladas, choke him Noah in the rain. But if we if we resign him, we got to keep him in Memphis like all summer, all off season. We can't let him go. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely not back to New York. <laughs> Too yeah, lit not, up there. He's not coming back if he goes to New York. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think that about does it for tonight. At about desert. Let's wrap it. So this week. We'll see what the 
Grizz got on tap. We got the Blazers at home on Tuesday. And then also Jazz on at home on Friday. And then also Orlando at home on Sunday. So trio of home games this week. Get out to the forum to see Joachim Noah and Mike Conley because it might be Mike Conley's last game in Memphis as you heard it here at some point during the shuffle of everything <laughs> in passing. I don't well, know. For sure. At some point, Mike Conley will play his last game in Memphis. And you want to be there so, for that. Someday that will happen. I can yeah. tell you that. Now when? I don't know. Hey, at least the team's been competitive, man. So you're not going to have to go watch a 30-point blowout, it doesn't seem like. Maybe not. You can find us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show. Also, be sure to go to our website, the-barnburner.com. And until next week, we'll see you later. Peace. Everywhere, titty ass hands in the air. Somebody over here, shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year, met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere.